Hey. 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 God damn it. Ah. Ah. That jail's got. God damn, I had to play that goddamn motherfucker coming in. God damn, that Jill Scott motherfucking shit. Oh my god. Alright guys, y'all welcome, 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 welcome. Peace and love to the world. This is the last cassette. You know it's your boy John to the Richard right here. What's up everybody? It's your girl Egypt. Yeah, we are back at it again for another week. The bullshit in the world. Yes, 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 yes. You know, I, 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 I really, when Jill Scott dropped that video, to me, it was just like perfect. Because I remember when, and I don't know why I sound like so old, but I keep saying I remember. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But I you remember a while back, or like in high school or whatever. And everybody was like, man, I ain't talking no fat chick or no big boner girl or whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. But now, hell, shoot, the thickness is winning now. It's winter time. It's winter time. People, people want themselves some, some little Jill Scott, a little, a little thick bone, you know, lady girls. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, just, I just remember when people was like... When people didn't agree with somebody being big, you know what I'm saying? Like, girls wasn't liking the big guys, and guys wasn't liking the big girls. But now it's like a trend. Like, damn, oof, she extra thick. You know, nobody's looking for that that skinny person. Um, oh yeah, no, cause that thing. I'm sorry, I can't fuck with no skinny nigga. Like that's just yeah. Like, so uh, you gotta have some kind of meat, muscle, or something on you. Cause my thing is, is that I tend to gain weight and lose weight, and when I'm in my gaining weight stage in life, I don't need to be trying to make the number ten with your ass. Yeah. So, so I think the thickness is in man. It's, it's winter time. You know, it's getting cold outside. You know, hey, I'm telling you, man. I remember like. It was so funny. I had a homeboy, man. Homeboy, he always be like, "Yo, man, you need to get yourself one of one of the big girls, man, the real thick girls." I like, man, what's wrong with you? Matter of fact, he was a security guard at school. Yeah. And um, nigga name was George, and uh, he always would tell me about the big girls, man. He always said, "Me said, look, look, Castello, you you don't know what you're missing." And all of a sudden, it's like the big girls are like. Winning, the thick is in, you know. Thick is in. That Jill Scott is in, you know. Or guys, they you know big guys with beards. That's what's popping right now. So, hey, shout out to everybody who got a little extra weight on them right now. You guys are winning. Imperfection, you know, a little imperfection. You know, it's yeah, cute. Yeah, they, they winning right now. They winning right now. I think I think it's dope. <laughs> you know. Um, so let's just go ahead and get on to it. God damn it. All right. Do you have a quote of the week this week? I do have a quote of the week. Um, okay. My quote, <laughs> the good quote of the week is this, right? It's um, stop paying attention to other people. I think we pay too, you know, we pay attention to, to the wrong per people or to the wrong person. All right. The per people we need to pay attention to is your damn self. So pay attention to yourself and watch your life blossom. Stop being so nosy. You know, a lot of people 
want to keep, you know, looking out the window. Stop looking out the window and be the person outside. I think that's the biggest thing. We don't know what you can achieve. We don't know what who you could be until you take that leap, until you stop being a watcher and start being a doer. There's two types of people in this world. They're doers and they're donors. I'd rather be a doer than a donor. So, you know, live your best life, man, and just stop you stop looking out the window and doing it. That's 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 the, to me that's the biggest thing um in regards to all of that. I got my son over here coming here crying. What you what, get your Sam out of here, man. Get out of here. <laughs> but so cute. He's everywhere. He's everywhere, man. So he's he's gonna be a doer too. Um, so that's 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 my quote of the week right now. Okay, awesome, awesome. I think it's it's so true. Don't be worried about your everybody around you. Worry about yourself and you. As Cat Williams said, you're star player. So let's go ahead and get started for what's shady in the trees and hot in the streets. So Kevin Hart ended up responding to the cultural appropriation when um, he decided to have a Cowboys and... So um, last time we spoke about it was Kevin Hart. Um, he responded to the Cowboys and Indians comment um, that the backlash that he was getting in regards to that. Yeah, yeah. he was just basically saying like how it was like stupid shit that, you know, people were feeling threatened and things like that. He was like, you know, we all played, you know, cops and robbers growing up and, you know, playing Cowboys and Indian was just something so big in my childhood. So I don't get why people are going crazy like that. See, it wouldn't have been that bad with what he did if he had just shut the hell up and just said, you know, it was just a birthday party. My bad didn't need to offend nobody. Or if he just could have just, you know, sat there and just not said anything. But... He decided to open his mouth. So it just made things a hundred times worse. Um, and then somebody was just like, well, what if, you know, someone did a Masters and Slaves uh, party? How would you feel? And he was like, well, you know, who, you know, this probably all oh, some dumbass white people who do some stupid shit like that. So you do recognize that that was stupid shit. So why would you think that that was okay? Because even for me, I was like, well... I mean, I get the natives being, you know, angry because they're never heard. But at the same time, you know, as black people, we've always suffered. So I don't feel like he meant any harm towards it. And still, I don't think that he meant any harms towards it. But at the same time, you know, he just made it look even worse by responding the way that he did. Well, I, 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 all right. So the point is this, I, I guess, in hindsight, um, some people just can't admit when they're wrong, when they fucked up. And I think that's his issue. Yeah, I mean, you know, as, as human beings, we are equipped with pride, and we are equipped with, you know, we only know, you know, what's right, and and um, we only know, you know, our opinions are only opinion that matters. Um, growth shows that, you know, it's not just us in the world. There's other people in the world. So hopefully, don't let his pride be his downfall. Mm-hmm. So, um, at least, at least you don't learn from it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I was looking through, 
And of course, being on a shared room, you know, where else would you get your entertainment news from? So, anyways, it looks like Chance the Rapper has decided to be on the fence of pussy and has a baby girl. Not Chance the Rapper. It's, um, it's his brother, Taylor his Bennett. His brother. I'm sorry, his brother. Yeah, his, bro- his brother, Taylor Bennett. Um, Taylor Bennett originally, well, he didn't originally, but he remember he came out and said he was bisexual. Um, and everybody applauded him. Because just like with anything else, everybody, and I don't want to come off bashing, but people give more applause if they come out and say they're gay rather than if they say they're straight. So I think he got more acceptance to that community. Because that community, the gay and lesbian community, that is, they could welcome you with open arms. They, I mean, yeah, they, they, they come to you. They If you say you gay, like, look, you got a house here if you ever need it. Well, no, that's that's kind of false because he's a black man in America and he's proclaiming that he's also sleeps with men. If anything, that makes life even harder. No, I'm saying it be it makes his life harder. But I see the community, the the community, the LGBT community, welcome him in with open arms. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like they're okay. they're like one of the most welcoming people you could have. It's different because. It's like, say you pledge, right? So we pledge Greek or whatever, right? You pledge AKA Kappa, whatever the fuck you want to pledge. You know, they are, they come, they welcome you open arms or, you know, that's, that's the kind of the thing I get um, in regards to LGBT. Um, they welcome anybody with open arms. You could be as queer as you want to be, or if you're a female, you could be as a, you know, studdish as you want to be. But they'll always welcome you, welcome you with open arms. So, you know, it is what it is, you know. But it, 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 I, I thought, personally, I thought he straddled the fence. I thought he was going to go the other way to the, to the males. But he shocked the shit out of me. Tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was kind of shocked, too. Um, yeah, I was like, oh. Oh, where did this come from? Like, I don't know why, but it didn't seem like he was with anyone. And then out of nowhere, here I see this this 1990s couples photo. You remember yeah. when your parents were together and they had like... Oh, but, uh, the, yeah. The, the she was wearing yeah. some, 1990, some 1991 sweater. I was like, this looks like such a 90s photo. But with, okay. a little, with a little necklace. I'm surprised yes. she... Well, did she have an updo? No, she didn't have an updo. No, she if, had her hair down. Yeah, if she would have had an updo and a, um, and a gold tooth... Like it would be real retro. That'd be I with mean that'd swoop, be with a swoop on the side. Oh my god. Boy, that'd be dope. I mean that'd be dope. Oh shit. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, so congrats, uh, Taylor Bennett. So, um, going through Instagram and then I see uh Cardi B comes out and she says that, you know, me and my baby father, I've been trying to make it make it work with him, but it just doesn't work anymore. So obviously Offset and Cardi B has now called it quits. Duh. I knew this <laughs> shit was going to happen. I knew that motherfucker. You remember I told you? I remember. I stated that in a couple of episodes ago. Well, I think when we first started, I said, I didn't think that motherfuckers was going to make it. Yo, to be honest with you, that shit shot the shit. That, that shit shot the hell out of me. I was I was rooting for Cardi B and Offset. I knew yeah. it was going to. I was rooting for him. I like the ratchetness, man. Look, I love the ratchetness. Like, like, Cardi B is ratchet. Like, she's like that ratchet neighbor that you love. Like, damn, yo, I wouldn't be with you, but I would be with you. Like, are you ain't the type of person I take my mama home to. But 
you're the type of person I take my, you know, you come home with me. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you love I love seeing ratchet girls find love and happiness, man. Cause the ratchets ain't for everybody. So No, but I just feel like I'll say just say ain't shit nigga. So there's not <laughs> as much as uh, you know, a woman can take but so much. Like either way, like even though she's ratchet as fuck, like she still got feelings. So I knew that I mean he was he was Dicking and dabbing with a bunch of thoughts, so I'm pretty sure eventually but she was going to pick she it up. Know, she knows that, yo. Like, she, it, it's, it's like something that comes with, like, the game, right? Like, if you know the person is a sex symbol, right? For example, mm-hmm. if, what's, what's, what's the guy that Goliath Girl's like? Um, fucking the game or something? I don't know. Or Trey Songs, right? Or, or Usher. You know he's a sex symbol. So and we know he creeping and crawling too. Yeah, yeah. You know he's a sex he symbol. Wow, wow. And you think he's not gonna cheat on you? That's what comes with it. Like she knows that's what. These are things that comes with being a rapper. What comes with being a rapper is having groupies. That's what comes with being a rapper. And I think that I think that a lot of people forget that. Um, but in the same in the same hand, not all rappers are like that. But That's true, right? I mean, look at J Cole. You don't see J Cole roaming around the street with a bunch of thoughts. You don't see J Cole or any girl damn in this video, but it's just the point that you know you gotta know what comes with it. Yeah, you gotta know what comes with that life. If he's talking about shorty shaking her ass, dropping low, giving him a head, you know, in his songs and his music, oh, what kind? Of, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So. It's just one of those things, man. I'm I'm somewhat heartbroken. You know, I want love to prevail. I want love to be, you know, I want her I want her to find her happiness. I want offset to find us happiness. We all deserve to find somebody, you know, just for happiness. Um Offset is happy when he fucking some big booty hoe. So well, that's his Cardi B got big booty. She she got and she got hoish ways. Okay, yeah, she do. You're right. But guess what? I, remember, I, I said thoughts. Plural. Man. She's one. Look. That's not enough for him. He needs a plethora. This motherfucker think he is the cockroach version of Hugh Hefner. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man, you got that drip. Drip, drip. <laughs> he got that drip, you know. But, uh, I, uh, hopefully, they, they work this, 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 this thing out. Um, uh, and, they, and they come to some kind of agreement or conclusion or something, you know. That's hopeful. I, you know, I could be wrong, and it is what it is. Um, but in other news, so lately, uh, yesterday, um, pr- the former president Bush was buried. Yes, he was. Uh, president the first, the first George Bush. Uh, he was buried in. His funeral was not as long as Aretha Franklin's, but oh, it was it was Jesus. It, it was extended. <laughs> Let's say that it was extended. Um, and throughout the funeral service, we we see one of the intro people was coming in. We saw the shade of the lifetime, keeping your same energy. Don't matter if it's at a funeral, wedding, it doesn't matter. We keep the same energy coming from Hillary Clinton. Um, so let me, can I, you know, let me paint the picture. So Donald Trump 
comes in, him and his wife, um, whatever her name is. So they come in and, uh, you know, shake Obama hand, shakes um, Mich uh, Michelle Obama hand. And Bill Clinton gave him the meanest side eye out of this world. Wow. Um, Hillary didn't even turn her head. She said, I don't speak to you in real life. I'm not going to speak to you in public. We're keeping the same energy. If you block on social media, you block in real life. We don't have nothing to talk about. So I think that was that was the shot of the that funeral service. But it was multiple shots in, in, in regards to the service. Um, we see the everlasting um, crush of George W. Bush towards Michelle Obama. Throughout every, you know, in every venue, they, they, they're together. He stops what he's doing and he always addresses her. In this, in this particular, um, specific scene, excuse me, he's coming down with his wife, Laura Bush. He, he immediately lets go of Laura Bush's hand, reaches his pocket, and gives Michelle Obama some candy. Bypass now, everybody. That's some, now that's some old people shit right there. You remember when your grandma used to give you a met in the middle of church? But he smiled when he doing it. This, the thing is that this is his father. His father's funeral. His father is being laid to rest. I know through times if anybody follows um, the George Bush presidency, you you know you know that him and his father all were, were at odds for a long time. They, they didn't see eye to eye. Yeah, you know, a lot a lot of things, George. Me personally, George Bush is a guy I hang out with. He's a guy I hang out with. You can take how you want to take it, people can say what they want to say. But to me personally, he's a cool dude. Do I agree with his politics? Not all, not all of them. Uh, because I know that he wasn't calling the shots in the White House. We know that it was Dick Cheney calling the shots, so um, but he loved himself some Michelle Obama. It's something about that woman that he just loved. Um, so, and he always leave his wife for her. So, and uh, Michelle Obama, they say they finally, somebody finally asked her about this. Like, why is George Bush always, um, why he always tight on you like that? Why is there something going on? And she said, well, he's my partner in crime, you know, and she got love for him. So I guess uh, the Bushes and Obamas um, got some kind of close friendship. Uh -huh. um, so I think I think that's good, but I don't I don't I don't I do not see them having any kind of friendship with the Trumps. Oh hell no, that's never gonna happen. So uh, that's that's that's. But the funeral, um, I like to say R.I.P. to the, you know, to to the to the you know past presidents. George Bush, you know, he was crooked. Um, but uh, he was somebody's father. And he was, you know, some, you know somebody's grandfather. So uh, may he rest in peace. May his soul live forever wherever he goes. And I'll leave that at that. <laughs> I don't really know. Not a damn thing about him. I just know he had a crooked mouth. So that's yeah. all I... I well, well, the thing was... In regards to George Bush, right? This this is where people had an issue with him because he straddled the fence, right? At first, him and um, 
Adam was saying, um, they were buddies, they were friends. You know, they was they was trying to do an oil deal in Iraq. Right? And then the things come out that Saddam Hussein was was how he was treating his people. You know, he wanted to distance, distance himself from him. So that was one thing that people was tight about. And also people was tight about regards to him with the drugs. Um, he was the first that had what war on drugs. So that's Reagan. It was both. Both both of them, both of them, you know, Reagan, Reagan actually he did start war on drugs. But I think it was Laura Bush, one of her things was about drugs and kids, something like that. So a lot of people was, you know, was kinda of like on the fence in regards to that. Mm -hmm. Um so that was that was the legacy that was left behind with George Bush and then his his, you know, how he was with you know, George Jr. Um, he didn't think that his son was good enough. Uh, and then, you know, his son proved it, that he was and became the president. And while he was the president, George Sr. was still trying to control everything behind the curtains. Him and Dick Cheney. So, uh, it, you know, that's the legacy of George Bush um, in a nutshell. No, oh, well, damn. <laughs> and, that's, uh, a, that's a bad nutshell right there. And he lost. He tried, well, he tried to run again. Um, but he lost to Bill Clinton. So. Um, so that's so back like the 50s and 60s. No, 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 no. That was like 80s to 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Bill Clinton was 80s to 90s. Sorry. Yeah, so that's, that's what we had. Um, but. I took it the 50s. 50s was Kennedy, wasn't it? Yeah, man. You're going, you're going too far back, man. Yeah, I went way back. Sorry. Yeah, Kennedy's were like late 50s to, well, late 50s. Because remember, he got he got killed. And um, Lyndon Johnson took his um, took his place. Now, the interesting thing about, you know, Kennedy was that Kennedy, he was liked amongst all races, black, white, everybody loved Kennedy. Um, I remember they had a, Kennedy had a secret meeting with one of my favorite authors, James Baldwin. I think it was Sidney Poitier. I think it was. I think it was, um, and some other activists uh, in regards to the civil rights movement, and they called him out on his bullshit, and he didn't like that, um, but. Kennedy was he, he was he you know he he to me he had the likability like Obama so he was he was, he was cool about but but he didn't get a job he done he didn't get a job done yeah he was seeing his wife left and right though he was seeing his wife left and right thirty three mistress in like I think I think it's in like a year or something. He had a plethora of bitches. I mean, Jesus God. I was watching a documentary about that. I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, he was out there. He was out there. Um, But he did not. Did not, Master. Uh-huh. <laughs> he did not. Um, so now we have 45 in the building. Um, One of the most crookedest crooks that ever walked across the White House grass. I can't stand his ass with every fiber of my being. So, that's, that's what we have. Um, so, 
Let's get into it, I guess. Oh, and in the spirit of the holidays, Richard just told me that a New Jersey sixth grade teacher. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot to say all that shit. Ended up getting fired for telling her students that Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy isn't real. Yeah, a, yeah, a first grade teacher in New Jersey ends up getting fired because she says Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and a tooth, uh, the tooth. The tooth. What is it? Two toothpick fairy. Tooth tooth. Tooth fairy. Tooth fairy. Whatever. I don't. Know. The tooth fairy ain't real. So uh, the school fired her. Um, it didn't raise a question, and I think I had a conversation with my sister about this. When, when are we going to stop lying to our kids? Uh-huh. I think, I think, like for me, um, I'm gonna tell my son, look, ain't no, ain't no Santa Claus buying you any these goddamn presents. It's me and your mama. No, I'm sorry. I'm not teaching my kids that look, that some white man gonna come out of nowhere with a fucking slate and give them their, his gifts. No, yeah, your mommy and nah. your daddy gave you them gifts. I'll, I'll work. You don't know I bought this shit, goddamn it. Or even the Easter Easter Bunny, um, or the Tooth Fairy. Like these these things are just you know obviously to make believe, but we hold it so sacred that not to break kids' hearts. Well, you, you shouldn't tell them that. Why you told him that in the first place? If you didn't tell him that in the first place, I would want to have to break their hearts now. I mean, I would tell him, like, girl, thank you for sending me the trouble. Shoot, now nah, I just have to have the conversation. It's, it's just, man, this is crazy. Um, I'm telling my son, ain't no Santa Claus. Me and your mother bought it. Um, <laughs> now, if you, you, you act up, now you ain't getting the shit. Now, I'm letting you know right now. I got the, I got the receipt. I can take the shit back. Exactly. I'll put you on a naughty list. So, I just, yeah. I, mean, I just, I don't really agree with all of this extra lying bullshit that we do on the holidays for children. I mean, I just, no. Like, for instance, like, my nephew, Belika Santa Claus, like, well into him being, like, 12, almost 13, and I'm just like, What? No. Ain't y'all Haitian? What's going on here, man? Yeah, I don't know. He was, he was full into middle school. And he still believed in that. And I was looking at my people like, y'all ain't gonna tell him that. Yo, he can't be going to middle school telling people that Santa's probably possibly real. Nah, man, y'all need to check that. Yeah. But they let me break it to him. I'm like, oh no, see, not doing that to my child. That ain't happening. Like me, look, I'm gonna tell you just like this, Chan. Uh, uh-uh. ain't no Santa Claus here, big fella. Straight mind that bought this shit. Now sit your ass down. If you want to make some milk and cookies, you can make that shit and give it to me right now. I got a beer too. You feel me? So, um, also, um, this, this, is, this is funny to me. I had a conversation at work uh, earlier this week. Okay. And we, we live in the Google era right now. And which you can always Google things to find out if it's you know, real or not, fact or fiction. So I was telling people, I said, well, it's just, it, you know, we was talking about AIDS. Mm-hmm. And for people who don't know, um, AIDS is a disease that, quote unquote, is uncurable. Um, so, and it's illegal to, you know, pass pass a disease on without that person knowing. So if you, if you knowingly 
give somebody age you could go to federal it's federal time. So the question is, what if the government is the one administrating the AIDS? Do they get fair time or what's the procedures? In what way? What do you mean? Okay. Um, back in 2014, 20, 2015. Yeah, back in 2015, right? So I was in, I took a class. I forget, it was criminal justice in the world, some shit like that. I forgot a damn. And I had a professor, my name was Chase, Dr. Chase. And in this, in this time, this guy, like, he didn't really like me. I feel like, you know, every time he would see me, he would say something like, yo, he was an old white guy. He was old white guy. And he always said, you always have your headphones in. Like, he always talk shit to me. I'm like, yo, what's up with you, man? Yo, mind your business. Let me do me. You do you. We be like each other way. Um... So, in this specific instance, we had, you know, we were talking to the warden um, that was overall SCDC by the name of John Osmond. Okay. So, John Osmond, what he did was he separated um, the HIV and AIDS population from the regular population. Right. I remember. You know my And so, the AC, when ACLU came into the... the um, to, to the prison system of South Carolina and said, well, no, that's not just, right? So let's entwine the AIDS and HIV population. Now, we could look at it two ways. We could like, well, it's good. Everybody deserves to be treated equal. But what did that do now? It infected the people that were not infected with HIV, which is completely wrong. That, that's, and I think that's the point. Now, we have multiple people calling in and out of jail Entwining with the HIV um, AIDS virus, entwining with whether we like it or not, saliva cuts. You know, once two, you know, a person with a cut, another person with a cut. Once that touches each other, the virus is spread. It's not just a sexual thing. You see what I think? And I think the misconception where a lot of people think is that in order to get AIDS, you have to have sex with an individual. AIDS is, you know, just like any other disease, you don't have to have sex to, you know, get in contact with their disease. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that. Um, so now we have in which, the, you know, the HIV AIDS population, the regular population, now they're entwined. All right, they're one. Now, in the uh, prison system, we have to pay for their health care, right? Right. So for like an AIDS, the AIDS pills... You're looking at what at minimum five to five hundred dollars. At minimum. Now you times that by the twenty-three thousand prisoners we have in uh, in our prison system right now. Look how much money the pharmaceutical company is making. Yes. Hold on. You said five hundred. Right times twenty-three thousand. Times twenty-three thousand. They're making, They're making $11,500,000. You see what I'm saying? And I think that a lot of people like confuse it. Like, well, they haven't found a cure for AIDS. I think because it's, they haven't, they found a cure for AIDS. You, this is the thing that confuses me. It confuses me is that we could find ways to clone things, clone animals, clone beings. We could find those things. We could find things to Destroy the whole world, atomic bombs, nuclear warheads. We could find things to 
Star Force, a Space Force, right? We can use stem cells to, to match different organs with people. These 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 what we have, but in regards to infectious diseases, well, we haven't found a cure. It's not that you haven't found a cure; is that it makes more money treating um, the symptoms rather than killing the virus. Exactly. I mean, it's just like for um, cancer. Um, everyone knows. Every pharmaceutical, every doctor, every nurse knows that cancer can be completely eradicated by stem, the stem cell treatment. But they want they want um, allow it. Right. So 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 people are constantly injecting themselves with rat poison. That exactly. people don't understand. Chemo is nothing but rat poison. Exactly. Um, my my wife's mom, uh, she used to work at the, the cancer treatment center, and I've been there and, and I've seen patients getting, getting that treatment. Um, and, and and it's heartbreaking, but it, it's also humbling, but it's heartbreaking because knowing that you know this is nothing but rat poison that's just killing yourselves. Okay. You know. So it's and you have to pay for these things. None of this stuff is free. No, it's not. Very expensive. A lot of people was tight in regards to Cuba, right? Um, a lot of people, you know, a lot of conservatives are, 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 you know, they don't like Cuba, whatever the case may be, um, due to Fidel Castro. I mean, it's his own. But what Fidel Castro did was the people of the HIV and AIDS virus, he put them in a separate town from regular population. You see what I'm saying? So it kind of controlled the virus in one area. It, did, it didn't let it spread. Now, we live, we live in South Carolina, right? Now, the place with the biggest HIV and AIDS population is, guess where? Well, it's one state over in Georgia. Right. Now, we see the fluctuate of people from Atlanta coming towards Columbia and South Carolina. Mm -hmm. So what does, that, what does that do? It just spreads the virus here, too. Spread the virus here, too. And I think there's so much misconception in regards to AIDS. I, people once said that, I remember when I was younger, people was like, you know, the AIDS virus came from when a man ate a bat. That's, that's what they said. Wasn't it like a uh, a man had sex with a monkey? Yeah, it was man. Yeah, it was, it was also that a man had sex with a monkey, right? Now it's funny you could someone trace that without there was no there was no physical evidence towards that. None. The first case of AIDS was in California by two homosexual males. That's why everybody thought that AIDS was a homosexual disease. So out of the blue, ages pop up. To and it me, pops up just for gays, right? Look, I'm not, I'm not a, per, I'm not a person that does conspiracy theories, right? But we have to, we have to be my horn. We we live in a society where the government knowingly gave people syphilis. Mm -hmm. And we think that they knowingly give people HIV. Yeah, no, yeah, knowingly. That's far fetched when it's written in history that they did that. Or when the government flooded the hood with drugs, which was actual facts. When when um, when the president, Edgar Hoover, um, 
when he had this thing called the war against blacks. Like, these are things that happen. This is not something that people just make it up. You know, this is factual. Uh, and, you know, we have to pay attention to these things. Um, and people, especially people with cancer, cancer is not a mutated cells. But how, how, how did we get all that? How do, how do we get to the point of cancer and AIDS and mutated cells? Even if, even if you go vegan, right? Even if you go vegan, and you're still a possibility you could get sick. Oh, absolutely. It's a possibility you could get AIDS and cancer. Right? Now, it may decrease the chance, but it doesn't eliminate the chance. Because, remember, where do we test our, our nuclear warheads? Do people remember? Remember I told you? We test our nuclear weapons in the oceans. We test it in the ocean. We test it up, up the coast of Pacific. Now, we all went to school, so we all understand how the war cycle goes. The water evaporate back into the cloud. Then the cloud can transfer anywhere around the world, drop it back off. Now, if we keep on, you know, dropping radiation throughout the whole area, the whole sea, the whole ocean, what happens to this, the water that comes from the sky and to your plants and to your crops and to everything? It's getting radiated. Now, we can say, well, well water minerals cleans it out. It doesn't clean out all radiation. This is what we put in our body. We damn if we do and we damn if we don't. That's true. But knowledge of it, now you can somewhat balance it out. You know? And you know what I think? When I think about stuff like that, you know, when it comes to HIV, um, statistically, they say that um, black people are more at risk um, with the highest population to have AIDS. And it, it would make sense that it would be something that was generated by the government because of the fact that they've done this to us before and they're trying to find any little way to eradicate us. So why wouldn't it be a, another... Um, population control gimmick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a, popu a population control um, method. Um, I, I think it's not far-fetched. It's not far-fetched. For anyone who says it is, just look at history. Look what, look what history shows. History shows that it's the only 1% the of the only lives that matters. Um, and everybody else is just foot soldiers in, in the greater scheme of things. Uh, I, I, do, I, do I believe that the government would do something like that? Yes. Um, and do I believe that the government has got too big? Yes. Um, now the question is for a lot of people, how do we counteract this? What do we do so we don't fall into the trap of what's going on? So we won't just, you know, die from just radiation from plants, food, um, police killing. What, what is the resolution? I think that's a lot of people are looking for. Um, and I think I came up with the biggest resolution we can have. Yeah. What is um, Invest in your own. I, I, I think once we start doing these kind of things, right, we could, we, there are islands in this world that we could buy. Period. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, um, our asses are going to have to go somewhere else. We can't stay here. Yeah, we, could, we, could, buy, we could buy islands. Um, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to go back to Africa because 
a lot of Africans are not, you know, they don't really fuck with, you know, fuck with us. All right, fine. How about this? How about all of us put our money up? We go buy an island. You see what I'm saying? Johnny Depp has an island. All all these multiple different actors have an island. Why can't we just go ahead and put all our money up, go get an island? Boom. There we go. Now, you don't have to worry about you saying you this, you that, this, that, and the third. These people don't fuck with you. These people don't fuck with you. These people don't fuck with you. Here, you have your own place. Yeah, I think that's, that, that is a big thing. Like, as black people, we don't have a place where we are accepted 100%. Right. You know, and, 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 and the crazy thing is, it's sad because you want to be, want to be just slowly, you know, slowly American and just, you know, just hang our hats on. Like, you know what? I'm American. I've never been to Africa. My mama never been to Africa. Mom. But then you can go down the street and you get criticized and stereotyped, and you call we call a black monkey nigger. This is this this is where we live in. Um, and then say we go back to Africa. Well, we're not authentic African. No, African. Nah. And I think you know that the Black Panther movie, it kind of touches bases on both of them. You're not wanted here, but you're not also not wanted there. So who do you become? You become rogue. <laughs> you become rogue. Uh, I think that's where that's what happens. Um, it drives you crazy, and because you have nowhere to belong to, so just go ahead and make your own island, name it however you motherfuckers want to name it, um, the Blacks Island or some shit, you know. And just li- yeah, just live your life. You feel me? Would you go do that? Hell yeah, I can get my own island. Facts. Facts. I, I think when when it comes to these kind of things, we talk about the criminal justice system so much. We talk about the laws and, and this, that so much. If you go, go ahead and create your own country, create your own island, put your money up, you could, we could create our own laws. We could create our own policemen. We could police our own communities. Everything could be ours. You see what I'm saying? So if we give if we do all that, then guess what? Who do we have to complain to? If things go bad, only one people we can complain about our damn selves. Like damn, these niggas really ain't shitting in this goddamn island. God damn, motherfuckers, sheep. I fuck that. I ain't going nowhere, though, niggas. Sheep, fuck that. We have the income. It's not we black people spend a trillion of dollars in in, in the marketplace. We spend one trillion dollars, and, and you know, and the stores that don't even want to come to our neighborhoods. We have to drive to these locations. We spend a trillion dollars in twenty seventeen doing these things. Why won't we just invest into our own stuff? Um, that I mean, that to me that's crazy. But also, I I could say the bright side. The bright side is this: is that uh, I was talking to Matt D's today, and. And um, we was talking about millennials and, uh, and all kind of shit. And he was like, how millennials don't work hard. I said, it's not a point of millennials not working hard. It's the point that millennials are taking the, the concept of people in the, in the 60s and 70s. It's not about me working hard. I don't want to have my own. Because at those times, what people were doing, people was creating businesses. You see what I'm saying? 
That's yeah. when we had the Black Wall Street and all those kind of things. It was all about, you know what? I can, I have a trade. I can create a business. So now I see millennials uh, reenacting these things. I see how many people have businesses. People just create a business out of nowhere. You could create money from nowhere. Look at us, what we're doing. Bring some sort of income. That's what, that's what, that's what it was about in the 70s and um, 60s. It was about entrepreneurship. So it's not yeah. about people being lazy. Um, right now, it's a resurgence of entrepreneurship. It's a resurgence about people. You know what? I don't want. I don't want somebody to be able to come to me and tell me you're fired. And I think a lot of people is putting a lot of notions to that. I go. I go on Facebook and I see multiple of um, people I used to go to school with. They got pop up shops selling clothing, um, doing tattoos, cutting hair. That's what you call entrepreneurship. They could go make income whenever they want to. They'd be able to sleep in with their child, be able to take their child to school and pick their child up. This, this is, is, is the answer to to all our problems. To yeah. me. And I think and I think we're older people saying that, you know, as millennials, we don't work hard. I think it's because we don't work hard like how they used to. Right. I think are um, it's not more hard working the thing is, is that we're, we're using more of our brain I think the problem is people from the older generations they use their bodies as their way to work hard and for us as millennials we're using our smarts our business savviness our, our personalities mm-hmm. um, our talents our creativity to generate income and I think to do that that's more hard working your physical form. I, I, like, I, I, I totally agree. But like like we, we look at things in context and we go back to it. Like they had the opportunity but they didn't have the opportunity, right? right. We had an opportunity which we're able to have computers, social media, right? We're able to see our parents work these long hard hours. Our parents work at these plant jobs or work at these nine to five dead end jobs. And, you know, when they die or whatever, only thing the job do was say, you know what, here's some roses, let me hire the next person for your spot. You don't have the name of the friend in the building. And we're looking at it now as a, as a legacy. It's not just about income. And I think that's to me, that's the biggest thing. Money, money comes and goes, right? Money, money comes and goes. Anybody can, anybody can obtain money. Anybody can obtain money. But if it's yours, if the place that you're working at is yours, your son, your daughter could come over there. They could take money from the bank over here or whatever. They could do their own thing. That business goes in your family. Now you now you create generational wealth. That's the difference. I like I said, I always was I always was telling you this story. I remember when I first went to college. Um and I went to Sparmer Methodist, and um, they was telling, they was talking about creating business businesses, right? So a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of my uh, my white classmates, they was like, "Yeah, man, yeah, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur, 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 entrepreneur." And I was coming from a school where they were just telling you, "Go to school, get your education, and go to the workforce." It wasn't, look, you can start your own business, you can do it. So that's that's what I'm saying. 
is that even though money does give you a lot of power, yes, we create business, we have power to do whatever we want to do, but that's not that's not the end goal. I'd rather I'd rather have a a small shop that I could some sometimes barely make ends meet, right? But it's mine versus then to work for somebody and they have to tell me what to do. You know, I think that's the biggest thing for me. But you know, to each his own. You know, to each his own. Um, it's, it's up to them. However, they want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think it's it's awesome that um, as a generation, we motivate ourselves and also each other to just do our own thing because making money for yourself, I, I think that's the best wealth. And like you said, you know, it's not only making money, but it's also leaving a legacy. Right. And especially in our community. Um, don't have a lot of that and to see a lot of our brothers and sisters coming together and, and saying you know what I'm going to have my own business because I don't want to have somebody on, over my head telling me what to do and that's going to get something else to my kids and you know as black people we always strive for money but not legacy right that, that's the biggest thing that's, that's the biggest I mean for me um, and I think that's, that's, that's the main concept of like to me, why we why we kind of started this whole thing, it was that it was something that even even if when we die or when we cease to, to to roam this earth, it was that what we did it lives forever. Exactly. Versus no offense to anybody that works at retail or works like you know Walmart or whatever, is that when you die, and this is facts, yo the shelves you stocked at Walmart, it does not live forever. And somebody will replace you. When when you know when you die, you want you want to be you know leave your stamp, your legacy. Who were you? You know, and if you're not thinking about that, you know, you you doing something wrong to your kids, to your family. Exactly. Uh, and I and I think about that all the time. I think about you know I think about you know. Remember you told me that story about your mother and your sister, right? When you was younger, they said they always thought you you should have been reporting the news. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty something years later. Look what I'm doing. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And so right. the, this some that I know that my kids gonna hear eventually. Like, dang, damn, my dad was a lame nigga, but a nigga had his own show though. <laughs> you yeah, see what I'm saying? So, right. you know. Create, you know. So I think sometimes it's all about creating your opportunities. Um, when it comes, you take it, uh, and I think that's. I think that will solve everything for us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think it's me so excited, you know, all the time about you know doing this podcast because you know, who knows what will explode from this, and we'll, you know, maybe we'll end up, you know doing what we say we want to do, sitting there being on TV and talking shit, you know, and getting paid hella money for it, yeah. you know, so. I think, I think it was, it was, it was, um, it was big. I remember when we first got a spot, uh, in the, 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 the time when we got our first sponsor. Yeah. And I think that, that right there, 
that will live for me forever. Yeah, for sure. Forever. And um, so it's, it's, it's all good. And uh, I, hope, I hope everybody that's listening like, damn, man, who think he's talking about businesses? Yeah, man, start your motherfucking business. Yeah, find your passion and go for it. You know, just because it's not lucrative right now doesn't mean it will, it will never be lucrative. Right. The, the worst thing the worst thing people would do is they will they will start they'll start their dream and it gets hard that first month and they'll just quit. Mm-hmm. And like you look at any success story, there's no such thing. Overnight success only lasts is only temporary. Mm-hmm. Overnight success is only temporary. I look at how long how long Kevin Hart's been grinding to get to the place he was at. A oh, long time. Or, uh, or Chadwick uh, Bo- uh, Boseman. Look at him. He did not get his star roles until he was damn near in his 40s. Look at Lon- the comic Lonnie Love. Same thing for her. Look how she was she was struggling for years, years as a comic. And now she's a host in uh, on a talk show that's won Emmys like, what, two or three times? And well, they're now on yeah. season five. Well, look at Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres was jobless for three years because she wanted to live her truth as being a lesbian comic. And no, and it was absurd at this time. But look at her now. Look at Jay-Z. I look at, I, oh, because Jay-Z was, was one of my favorite rappers and, and Jay went to record labels like, yo, here's my, here's my tape. This, that, and the third. They said, you're, you're not marketable. We don't want to sign you. No. So Jay-Z started selling seeds from the trunk of his car. And look at Jay now. And look at Jay now. $800 plus million. $820 million network. This, that, that's, that's why I tell people all the time. Look, you might as well do it. Yeah, you what might as well do it. What else? What else? What else? The worst thing that could happen is that people don't fuck with you. The worst, worst thing that could happen. I guess think, what? I think the worst thing that could happen is to sit with yourself at night and say I didn't try. Yeah. That that was that well, I'm talking about you know once you start. That's the worst right. thing. But if you don't, you don't have to live with that regret for the rest of your life. I've right. seen people to I, I remember my father told me once, um, I was talking to him about a situation with my sister, and I was like, yo, that's her dream. And he said, What about my dream? I said, man, you can still pursue your dream. What are you doing here talking to me about it? Do it. For real. I said, nobody stop you from... We stop ourselves. We stop ourselves. And if if I, if I give any advice to anybody living listening to the podcast right now, fuck it. If you want to be a professional Ninja Turtle, God damn it. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. I mean... Y'all, I've been hearing this for two and a half years. Like, it's nothing. You have nothing to lose. We work nine to fives for our whole entire life. Just try, just, just, how about having, you know, how about you just live your life and just, just, just jump out, just jump out. You never know. Who knows? A lot of people are scared to start their things. Um, Mark Zuckerberg jumped out. Uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Harvey jumped out. Um, um, that nigga leaped out. Uh, we, who else? There's a lot of goddamn... And he had kids and he was married. Bill Gates jumped out. Denzel Washington jumped out. 
All these Tyler Perry jumped out. Sleeping in his car, he jumped out. Fuck it. I have my dream. I'm investing in myself. Dame Dash, investing in myself. Diddy dropped out of college. Kanye jumped out of college. Kim Kardashian sucked, sucked the nigga dick. She jumped out. <laughs> hey, but she did though. You can say what you want to say, but she knew she 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 took a chance on that sex tape. She, I, I think she you know it wasn't something that she normally do, but she took a chance and look what happened. Now she have income for the rest of her life, the rest of her kids' life, and her grandkids and her whole family. That's true. Yeah, because you know what? I, I say one thing about Kim K. She sucks some dick, but she brought her family along with it. Yep. And not a lot of people would do that. Not a lot of people would be successful and bring um, their family members along for the ride and, and help them um, become individual entrepreneurs. That's what Kim K provided for herself and her family. So I will say, you know, even with all the negative shit that we can say about the about Kim K and, and stuff like that, that is one thing that I will applaud her for. She didn't just take starting for herself. She said, nah, bring my family along too. Hey, I have sisters who want to do clothing lines, um, makeup, and things like that. Hey, I have a fucking brother-in-law who's technically not a brother-in-law, but let's help him have a clothing line. Freaking Scott Disick is nowhere near close to the Kardashians, just the fact that he had kids with her older sister. But she helped him have his own career. And now he has a career where, you know, he's flipping homes. Because he was able to take that money that he received from the show and invest it in his own business. And now he does that for a living as well. And he gets money from doing the show as well. So, can't speak too, too bad, though, you know, about Kim K. I mean, her husband ain't shit, but, you know, whatever. That's besides the point. That's a whole other conversation. But even, even at that, Kanye West jumped out, too. He did, too. He did. Like I said, the thing about this whole thing is this. Stop being scared to live your life. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. want a lot of people want to be actors, but don't want to do audition. <laughs> a lot of people want to be actors, but don't want to audition. <laughs> you know, so man, this is this thing I'm such a mess. I'm not expecting. That's all right. <laughs> um, so let's see. So crazy person of the week, man. I think. Okay. <laughs> let's let's. I'm trying. I'm trying not to use the other lady I used earlier, but um, I'm just going ahead and say it. Okay, so uh, the guy, the system, whoever locked locked this person up, um, they're just too motherfucker. But I'm going to say this. So a woman is from Conway, South Carolina. Uh, she gets locked up. Peeling off, she used a potato peeler to peel off the skin from her rapist penis. Now, this this is how the story went. So she is raped. Um, she files a report. Nothing happens. She, you know, she tells who the rapist was. Nothing happens. Uh, so what she does, you know, she took it into her own hands. She said, "You know what? No so pun she, intended, but pun intended." Yeah. Yeah. So she finds this 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 asshole of a man, kind of so much to do with him. Like, yeah, you didn't really rape me. Come on, 
And so as soon as he gets ready, you know, handle his business, boom, potato peeler, take the skin off his dick. Now she's locked up. Now, <laughs> I think the criminal justice system is the one who failed her. So yeah, so they are the stupid motherfucker of the week. They always want to talk about women rights and reporting this, that, and the third. But here, this one's an active one. This is active. This is not something that happened thirty years ago. No offense, no offense to the women, but this is something that is active. That's here right now. And you failed. You failed. The police department of Conway, South Carolina. You failed this one. Um. And we need to free this woman. You know, Amy. And I give her a round of applause for peeling that man's stick. That's what you get. You want to be taken and dapping because the dick is not welcome. That's what you get. Get your shit peeled. Now what? Should have peeled his balls off, too. Man, that's. Well, you may have hairy balls, so she probably just. You know, probably take, you know, shave his balls. But either way, man, she uh, she's in jail right now. I'm trying to find her name. Um, I think I think I can read the article. I think I found it. I got reported on Facebook. Um, but I, I, I think we have time for me to read this. Uh, let's see. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see. Uh, I think Facebook blocked it again. Um, yeah, somebody reported me. So I can't really can't really say can't really read the article uh, that I have. Uh, I think I can find it on Google or some shit. But anybody, anyway, if y'all listening, y'all go ahead and Google this. Conway, South Carolina woman peels her rapist penis skin off. So now he's burning for real, and he will oh, not rape nobody else. Let it burn, let it burn. So, but I think I think uh, anything else, Miranda? No, I think this completes the show for real because we're at an hour and eleven. Okay. Um. Well, I thank everybody for listening. Make sure y'all you know like us on Instagram, Facebook at the Last Cassette. Uh, follow us on Google Play Music, um, iTunes. Our Heart Radio, Spotify, any social media outlet, uh, well, podcast outlet, TuneIn Radio, any internet radio outlet uh, we are on. Um, you can add Egyptia, add Egyptia, um, at me at I underscore Clark Kent. Um, and make sure you watch out for our, uh, our blog on WordPress at the Last Cassette Podcast. Um, and tell a friend and tell a friend to subscribe. So that's all I got. Peace and love, family. Love, bye. Boom.